it's a, it's a strange thing. Kids love Forty Towers because it's about who's frightened of whom, <laughs> and that's a dynamic. That's a dynamic that kids understand. But uh, yeah, Monty Python requires a little bit more than that. The, I think you've got to be twelve or thirteen before you can pluck into Monty Python. But eight-year-olds like Forty Towers. Hi there, and welcome into a brand new week on Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. The legendary John Cleese is an English actor, comedian, screenwriter, and producer. Emerging from the Cambridge Footlights in the 1960s, he first achieved success at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and as a scriptwriter and performer on The Frost Report. In the late 1960s, he co-founded Monty Python, the comedy troupe responsible for the sketch show Monty Python's Flying Circus. Along with his Python co-stars, Cleese starred in Monty Python films, which include Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Life of Brian, The Meaning of Life. He was also in A Fish Called Wanda. He is one of the funniest humans on the planet. We are so thrilled to have John Cleese join us here on Celebrity Salute. What a treat this is for me. I, I mean, uh, one of my comedy hero legends. I've always said the top three funniest people in the world, uh, John Cleese, Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest. And John Cleese uh, from Monty Python and so much more uh, is on tour and he's with us. John, what an honor it is to talk to you. <laughs> you finally brought meaning into your miserable life. Exactly. <laughs> hey, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, sitting here in, in uh, where am I? Akron, Ohio. What a place to spend your birthday. I was just going to say, I mean, you, uh, so you turn 85 today. Is that, is that true? No, 84. Oh, 80? 84. 85 84. is next year. Well, I probably would be in Akron or even in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> and you do, you know, you turn 84, you do everything an 84-year-old man would do. Uh, you go on tour with a live show called An Evening with the Late John Cleese, which is coming to uh, so many of our radio stations in our network that we'll get to. But my brother-in-law just saw you last night in uh, in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, did you see him? It was a. It was a. Yes, I did. I think he was in uh, H. That, that, that was him. That was him, yes. That and was him. He, he said, so we had a lovely time. It was a very good audience. And I must say, I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> it, it, the audience makes such a difference. You know, just occasionally sure. get an audience that's a bit slow. It's usually because they're out in the sticks, quite frankly. <laughs> um, if, you're in a, a, a nice, if you're in a nice city and they're a quick audience, it's a very, very pleasant way to earn money. Yeah, uh, he said he loved it. He said it was a fantastic show, and he said your daughter comes out uh, in the latter part of the show and interviews you. I love that. Yeah, it's fun because we uh, she bitches at me. I call her the saber toothed daughter. <laughs> she always be rude. Well, rude about me and my latest wife. <laughs> right, right. She said she was talking about that. Uh, you got to you, you just moved a uh, middle sibling into the house now. Well, her line is this. She said, we have a new child in my family. My father got married again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he said, now, you did not talk about, you didn't mention Faulty Towers. And what a a phenomenal show that was. Well, you see, the problem is that Faulty Towers was never shown on any big network. Mm. And uh, it it was shown on PBS. 
and, uh, and that's, I think it's about 2% of the viewing public. So um, there's always a danger if I start talking about 40 stars. A lot of people in the audience well, simply won't know what I'm talking about, whereas everybody knows about Python. And that's why I don't do it. If I was doing a show in England or in Europe, I would be talking about 40 stars a lot because it's very, very famous there. But as I say, it's only ever had a very limited audience in America. Well, if you let me just say, if you haven't seen Faulty Towers, you need to get on YouTube and, and check it out because it is one, one of the funniest shows. And the fact that uh, I, I think uh, your first wife uh, wrote that with you, right? Yeah, that's right. And we used to spend about six weeks writing each episode, you see, which is unheard of in the sitcom world. Right. Most people spend about all week at most, maybe 10 days, but six weeks. And there's so much in the shows, which is why people could watch them again and again and again. You know, the, the, I, I've always kind of guided my life, John, with this mantra that if you don't like Monty Python, I don't want to be a friend of yours. And, you know, there's there's a certain kind of crowd, and I don't know if you would agree with this. I think you had to be pretty educated to appreciate Monty Python. I think that's true. Uh, I mean, um, but, but at the same time, you see, kids like the silliness. Sure. Oh, Absolutely. absolutely. So kids, kids like it, um, and uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a strange thing. Kids love Faulty Towers because it's about who's frightened of whom, and that's <laughs> a dynamic. That's a dynamic that kids understand. But uh, yeah, Monty Python requires a little bit more than that. The, I think you've got to be twelve or thirteen before you can pluck into Monty Python. But eight-year-olds like Faulty Towers. Yeah, and every generation uh, discovers, rediscovers uh, Monty Python. We're talking to John Cleese and his live show, An Evening with the Late John Cleese. This is a pretty robust schedule you have, John. I mean, uh, just in our audience, you're going to be in Kansas City on November 9th, uh, November 11th in Rockford, Illinois, the 12th in Peoria, November 16th in St. Louis, 17th in Springfield, and then November 19th in Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry House. Love that, love that theater. Uh, well, I tell you what it is. Uh, the routine is quite good. See, I woke up this morning and I looked out of the window and I thought, aha, this is Akron. Um, <laughs> and later on, later on, I should wander down the tower and see if there's any restaurants in Akron. But there's rumors <laughs> that there's at least two. And um, uh, then I will come back to the... Um, uh, uh, bus where we all sit and I'll do a few emails back to England and then I'll have a nice sleep and then I'll go to the theatre and get ready for the performance and do the performance and then I come off stage and I go into the bus and I have a gin and tonic and then I go to sleep and I wake up in the next city so that's what <laughs> I do I stay free. Do they just transport your body? Yes <laughs> <laughs> called Sonny and they're lovely a tall manager called Dave Miller and a, a wonderful guy that directs a stage show called Andy Kurt and my daughter and we just travel all over America and the Midwest. I loved. Uh, I, I loved uh, uh, when I was talking to my brother-in-law. He's telling me about your your daughter interviewing you, and she's got these three by five cards from uh, the audience uh, with questions, and she's going through them, and she gets to one, and she says, "No, no, that's oh, no. that's way too complimentary." <laughs> That's great. John, what do people, when they come up to you, uh, first of all, you know they're going to try some kind of a horrible English accent, number one. Uh, What are some of the Monty Python quotes 
that are top of mind to them? It's funny because I was thinking about this last night on stage. Um, it's it's odd that some of the lines are not particularly funny. I mean, there's a line when I'm trying to feed uh, the fattest man in the world. Right, right, right. And I say it's only wafer thin. Now, (laughs) love that line. Yes. It doesn't get much of a laugh. And there's another one when when uh, when the Black Knight has his arm cut off and (laughs) and he says, "Tis but a flesh wound." (laughs) It doesn't get that big a laugh. It's stuck in people's minds. And in Forty Towers, Basil says, "Don't mention the war." I I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. Again, they're not screaming laugh. But but it's funny that those lines just stick in people's minds. And <laughs> when I had a little bit of surgery in L.A. about six months ago, they cut a little thing off my arm because it was precancerous. And the surgeon sewed it up and then said to me, just but a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I, and, you know, my buddies and I over the years, I mean, you get certain Monty Python lines that just never go away. One more mint, sir is one of my favorites. And, of course, I, I fart in your general direction. I mean, those kind of things. That's right. It's just, it's yeah. just they're iconic. And it's one of those things when you, you don't talk to your buddy for 10 years and you use one of those lines, it's, you know, it's like they, they've never, you've never been apart. I think some of the most essential element of ourselves is our sense of humor. Yes. It, it's almost like an internal identity bracelet. And when people are with someone else with the same sense of humor and they laugh together, there's a moment of emotional connection there that's as profound and spontaneous as anything you ever get in a human relationship, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And listen, you know, the, the shape the world's in right now, if you don't have a sense of humor, you're not getting through it. No, and unfortunately, the extreme end of woke. I mean, woke is is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a range of a spectrum of the bad end. Um, they're trying to stop people from laughing, and, and, and they have no idea of the psychology of laughter. They're completely ignorant of it, but that doesn't stop them from trying to control what everyone else thinks and does. What was your comment? Uh, ignorance can be fixed, but if you're stupid... <laughs> that, that's right ignorance uh, easily fixed by a short dose of curiosity but stupidity has nothing to do with so good John listen man it has just been such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you happy birthday I'm going to send you a box of lemurs and please enjoy your time in Akron <laughs> oh I look forward to that box of lemurs <laughs> You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.